Hey everyone, it's Tom here, back with another edition of Alf Metallica. In case you weren't aware, we are back because Metallica are back. They are back with 72 seasons and we've been going through, we've been tackling every song and today is no different. Today we find ourselves getting into the slightly later reaches of the record and we're going to be tackling the seventh song there, that is Crown of Barbed Wire. But just before we get to that and the guest, I want to shout out a few things. Of course, go back through the archive, check out all the old episodes that we've done in the past. Patreon is there if you want to support if you want to get access to next week's episode straight away so if you just can't wait for chasing light then you can support us and go get that over there uh tell a friend about the show of course you can follow us at metallica pod and uh yeah we're, we're we're all over so as i said before this has been a great opportunity for me not only to sort of reconnect with the band somewhat and definitely to you know connect with the newer music but also to you know chat to old friends people we've had on the show and my guest today was on for four episodes, which kind of crept up on me, really. But they were there were four great ones. Bob, how's it going? Very good, man. Great to be back. It's great to be back. And we did uh, we did spout the bone, no leaf clover fixer. But the one that really caught my eye, and I definitely do remember us doing, was the load reload. It's just called load reload era exploration, and uh, it's like eighty minutes. And if we looked at a lot of the kind of odds miscellany from that area like i remember the the motherload concert right uh, the whole that yeah. whole concept was great oh yeah that was great and you know what's funny about that is um just recently i've been going through some old vhs tapes that i've had laying around and mm. kind of transferring them to dvd and finding the motherload stuff on there and some old you know load era stuff i was just actually just watching um all this local news coverage of that free show that they did in philadelphia in, in uh, uh. 1997 for reload and literally like an hour's worth of all this local philadelphia news coverage that i recorded that's Pretty beautiful wild. that that's beautiful yeah that's and yeah if people weren't aware this was basically something where you know the band would get shipped out and they really went all around you know if, if a fan won the contest there was four opportunities to win they went to wales for god's sake i'm pretty sure yeah. uh, some some little remote village and you know yeah i saw it on your instagram and it's like an advert and the whole conceit is the four boys this is the jason era are in the truck and the driver like gets out if i remember and sort of asks what racket they're making and james yeah, inside was... demands more beer yeah yeah there there were a couple of versions of that too i think one of them was you know i gotta pee or you know and right 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 yeah good yeah. stuff very good stuff and you know i um your, your name sprang to mind not only because you're on the sh you've been on the show often obviously we had great episodes but uh i do follow you on instagram and i'm pretty sure you you're always posting interesting like stuff from like horror movie locations and like yeah you seem to go to those og spots like have is there a sort of metallica like pilgrimage you've done in the past have you been anywhere like that historically oh yeah dude mm -hmm. um definitely i mean i, I I think we might have talked about it before about the whole Dawn of the Dead thing. And the funny thing with that is like I got into I was in, into Dawn of the Dead when I was getting, you know, I was into Metallica, but I wasn't I didn't know too much about Cliff. And I remember seeing a magazine with uh, with Cliff on the cover and he was wearing the Dawn of the Dead T-shirt. And I was like, holy shit. I was like two of my favorite things together. Yeah, and it's meant to be. <laughs> and so so that's really been the, the, the sort of that. That's my my. Uh, uh, Mount Everest right there mm -hmm. is, is Dawn of the Dead and going to, you, you know, talking about locations, um, you know, we, we've been out to Monroeville, Pennsylvania, where they filmed Dawn of the Dead at the mall there and multiple times. I mean, we've, dude, we've been all over that mall. We've been on in the inner guts. We've been 
in the places that are closed that were used in the movie that aren't there anymore. Uh, we've mm. been on the roof. I mean, it, it's it's pretty wild. And we're actually going there in a, in a couple of weeks for a Living Dead Weekend, which is a big convention that they hold there uh, re- related to Dawn of the Dead, obviously, for its fifth anniversary. But, yeah, it's fun. It's good stuff. There's 72 seasons then. Let's, let's get to the matter at hand here. Like, what's been your relationship with the record? I mean, when Lux dropped, instant excitement, right? Oh, yeah. Dude, I mean, I, I remember that the morning that that dropped, there was all this buzz going around on, on the socials and on the forums. And I think I had just hopped on the, the main page and I saw that everything had started to change on like Metallica.com. And I was like, oh, shit, we're, this is happening. Like, yeah. we'd been hoping that it was going to We're yellow happen. now. Yeah. <laughs> And I got to say, too, the, the yellow theme at first, I was a little like, huh? Yeah. You know, but but it, it works because it pops every time I'm in the store and I see 72 seasons on vinyl sitting there. I'm like, wow, that's very eye catching. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's, um, you know, it, it was Christmas in November, basically, when, <laughs> when Lux dropped and it was Christmas, you know, about a month ago when when the full album came out. And yeah, I, I love it. I, I know. Some people are a little divided on, oh, it's a little cut and paste or it's too long or this and that. But I, I mean, I mean, again, the numerous times I've been on, I've, I've talked about how I've never gotten off the train and I've always been, you know, the biggest cheerleader when it comes to Metallica. Obviously, stuff like Lulu. I mean, I get it. I understand why oh, people okay. don't like that. <laughs> but but for 72 seasons, I mean, this this record was really kind of what I envisioned the next Metallica record to sound like after reload, if that makes mm. any sense, like, okay. like how I kind of heard it in my ears where it's very, uh, modern sounding. And it, I, I don't know, it's, it's kind of hard for me to really, you know, verbalize what, what was going on in my yeah. head when I would think of the next Metallica record, you know? And, but and I also think too, that it's thematically, um, what St. Anger could have sounded like, if it was more focused, right? If, you know, with with the lyrical content and what James was trying to get across, I think there's there's some shadows of what he was doing with Saint Anger, but again, being unfocused and having everybody contribute to the lyrics, it was very scatterbrained. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, yeah. I, 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 just to go back to just one thing you said about the yellow as well, uh, mm-hmm. a new appreciation that I have for the yellow, which I do totally love as well like i think it, yeah. it's such an audacious choice really it's kind of yeah. the opposite of the black album right it's like right, stark, right like you know traffic light sort of thing but watching all the live clips and just seeing like rob's yellow bass and the yellow yeah. kit and the strip of yellow around the stage and the stadium like it's it's beautiful it's like inspired mm-hmm. design i think it looks great yeah, I, I mean, Tur- Turner Duckworth, again, you know, knocking it out of the park with the album design, and, and I'm sure they had a, a say in the coloring, too, but I mean, it just, it's it's great. It, it's really, it's something different for them, too. Yeah, I'm good, um, I, I think it also flies in the face of sort of what people expect a metal album to look like, or, you know, I mean, you think of your Avenged Sevenfolds and and even Megadeth, the last Megadeth record with, you know, Vic Rattlehead on the cover and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. It's just, it's so different. And I think it works, works brilliantly, brilliantly. Just, just, I've just got the cover in front of me now. I'm just looking at it. And I, I, this has probably been said on the forum. I'm not saying it's like an original thought, but is it meant to be like an M in the crib itself? Like the sort of broken bars? Because oh. you can actually fit an M in there. If there's going to be one letter that you can sort of trace into that gap. 
It would That's be an point. M with the middle. So I mean, yeah, you know, I, I don't know there. I, maybe, maybe some sleuths can deduce that. But um, look, the song itself. So you know, you you were talking before about like what the next Metallica album is, and yeah. you know, Metallica are just a you know they're, they're this wonderful composite of so many versions of themselves, often within the same song. Like you know, this song has like a bluesy rumble kind of yeah, like yeah. a load and reload, but then it has almost like death magnetic style riffs that are really kind of you know, quite repetitive and quite sort of jackhammer. So um, we, we get into the song with the chords sort of crashing down and then we get into, you know, what, when you first hear the song, you think this is just the beginning of a riff, that na 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 But I do really appreciate how it just keeps continuing, like it becomes mm-hmm. the bedrock rather than the uh, connective tissue. And then you have the other riff kind of building on top of that, which is obviously what, you know, they love to do this one. They love to have a note going, uh, you know, 72 seasons, the, the intro is exactly the same. You know, we've got that single note, we've got this riff being sort of constructed on top of it. But um, yeah, I think it's quite, it's, it's quite a fun section early on, you know, it's got a lot of energy there. It's yeah. got a lot of attack. Uh, what do you think of it? Yeah, I, I've, I've been listening to it a lot, um, obviously, you know, in preparation. Um, but I, I feel like this song in particular almost sounds kind of load reload esque yeah. with, the greasy kind of riff and definitely that that section after the the second chorus where it kind of goes into that yeah yeah oh yeah hell yeah that reminds me of cure definitely and especially that breakdown the way lars is playing that i'm like i was just waiting for rob to do some slap bass there because it just it sounded like it would fit there but it's it's a concise little little toe tapper and and i think i have a new newfound appreciation for it after you know listening to it with with uh uh, my third eye, basically, you yes. know, in preparation for this, and I'm like, wow, I, I definitely appreciate this song a little more now, you know. I I do as well. Again, I'm not gonna say it's like one of my favorites. I think for me, is Lux and 72 Seasons are the sure. two that like are just above, you know, above the yeah, sort of yeah. quality. And, and again, I'm not, you know, I I'm the sort of guy that maybe likes Kill 'Em All over this, you know what I mean? And this, sure, this sure. is very Kill 'Em All ish. And I love, you know, the sort of simple note is like I mentioned that, nah, 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 which is just throughout the whole song, which makes the song feel very death magnetic to me. Because that was yeah. the era where they just like to chop and change bits of riffs and, you know, just sort of overcomplicate themselves, which they do, but not, not in a bad way. You know, the song has this kind of sludgy power. I don't know if the, the I mean, the imagery of Crown of Barbed Wire, it isn't perhaps Het's like most graceful sort of idea here. Like it's a little on the nose, perhaps. But, mm-hmm. you know, he rings it for all it's worth. Jagged Reef, you know, Rusted Empire. Uh, he, this sort of imagery is a, is a playground for him, right? He loves this shit. Yeah, I, you know, I think obviously there's there's the obvious uh, Jesus metaphor there. And I was thinking a little bit deeper with this. The the crown of barbed wire that he's wearing, I, I the way I'm, I'm interpreting it mm-hmm. is that he's finally referencing the mighty Hetfield persona that oh, sure. he's been yeah, he's been yeah. he's been crowned with literally no pun intended <laughs> you're right um for all these years and especially when he says this rusted empire i own bleed as i rust on this throne it's like he is this mighty Hetfield that you know millions of people have put him up on this pedestal and it serves its purpose but he's you know he's damaging himself by continuing to be this mighty Hetfield person. And I think that's why he's sort of, 
you know, distance himself from being that that larger than life character on stage. And also probably why he doesn't do the mean greets, because mm. you get the weird people coming up to him and, you know, bowing down and being all cringy. And it's you know, when, when, yeah, you know, I mean, you've seen it. He's just a boy from Downey. Like, yeah, he's yeah. just a humble, humble. Well, what was that clip? I completely agree with what you're saying, by the way. That's a great, great way of reading this. I haven't really yeah. considered that. But what is that clip? Maybe you've seen it. Uh, I think it had like a one to one moment with a fan recently, like shook his hand or something oh and god like, I mean, it was like over the rail or something oh the the guy getting his um his uh cigar lit right <laughs> and the dude like faints he's got the big cowboy hat on <laughs> i mean that is yeah that that, that does says it all but but yeah wow the het persona i like that it reminds me a bit of like hemingway or tom waits you know these people that yeah. create this slightly exaggerated thing and and yeah it's almost it's almost beyond that you know whatever he hunts and he's a man's man or whatever it's just the singular power of his music, like there is no one like this guy kind of in the history of music yeah. really that has written so much great stuff and just stands as kind of just an, you know, front man is iconic in his own way. And, and yeah, mate, again, the, the melody to this works for me. I wouldn't find, I don't find it particularly addictive. And I think the rusted empire, our own, the sort of melody that feels a little kind of stark and, and, and functional, but I do think the chorus they're so tight. Like, you know, yeah. the song's big. Catchy. And Het is just doing, like, these little bends on the... Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they know what they're doing. They can do this stuff in their sleep. But I, I feel like it works. And I feel like, you know, uh, even, like, a slightly garbled phrase, like, crown of barbed wire. It's kind of a mm-hmm. lot of syllables. Like, I don't know. I, I, I think I think it rings out. I, I think, and I, I think especially thinking of this as Het, like, looking inward to his own persona. Uh, you know, I, I appreciate that element to yeah. it as well. I think too, um, um, melodically, the the way that he sings the own and throne, mm. immediately I remember sitting in the theater for the you know the oh, um, yes. the listening party, and I immediately picked. I mean, there's a lot of Thin Lizzy vibes on this entire album, oh, yeah. kind of spotted around. Mm-hmm. But though the way he sings own that that own sound reminds me of Romeo and the Lonely Girl from Tim Lizzie's Jailbreak. Jailbreak. Yeah, great song as well. Yeah. All on his own you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> oh, poor Romeo. Yeah, yeah, yeah good tune. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, I like that. Yeah, there's a lot of Lizzie. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly what the song we were tackling before. It might be Shadows Follow, but just, you know, certain ways they just descend at the end of a line, like a bit like Emerald or something, you know. Yeah, just, yeah, definitely. You, you know, I mean, that sort of stuff is obviously. Yeah, I just, I, I, I always liked that because Lizzie were like a band that I was into as a kid, like just because mm-hmm. my dad listened to them classic rock. And it was always quite edifying for me when I got a bit older and got into Metallica. I was like, oh shit, James and Lars love Lizzie. I was like, okay, that's, yeah. that's cool music for me now. It's just like, yeah. No, See, dad, look. Yeah, exactly. I was like, oh my God. My heroes like your <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they also like Diamond Head and I know you hate those guys, but still, <laughs> it doesn't, you know, they were good stuff. So um, yeah. So yeah, we do have that cure, that cure sort of breakdown afterwards, which is so right. And again, it's so like, I don't know, when you just look at these riffs, uh, you know, on a tab, it, it's mind-blowing to me. Every time I look, it's like, they're so simple. They're like two or three notes, but they just work, and they feel mm-hmm. quite expansive, and they feel big. And that, new, 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 yeah, you're right. It's very southern fried, isn't it? And yeah. it's very, it's very that sort of world. Um, Kirk solos on, on this album. I mean, I, you know, traditionally, I'm quite harsh on yeah. Kirk, his later era. Uh, but but what, what do you feel about his solos on the album, and also this one in particular? I think... I, I feel like like this time Kirk showed up where Hardwired, obviously, we know the whole story about the phone and this and that. Yeah, he didn't show yeah. up. He may have been going through some stuff. Who knows? Um, obviously, he's talked about how he's been sober for X number of years now, which is great. Um, I think he's focused 
Um, I, you know, I'm not a musician, so to me, the 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 the, the guitar solos that he brings, I think they're they're great. They serve the they serve the purpose of the song. Um, I I honestly, I mean, right now, I can't really hum any no, of the solos like I would. It's not like unforgiven, is it? I mean, yeah, yeah, frank, it's not yeah. that. <laughs> Um, but I think it, it again. It, it it felt very load reload mm. the way that he's playing on this particular track. Um, yeah, I, I, I yeah I, I I like them. Yeah, I think yeah. They're, they're fine. Yeah, I, I, again, it follows a lot of the same sort of ingrained patterns. Unfortunately for me, this solo. I mean, it's it's nothing really that special. It just kind of mm. begins with these very sort of standard just these sort of wasp yeah. benches that yeah you hear all over load and reload. It's just just kind of like blues one oh one, whatever. And then out of nowhere, Kurt gets fast because he has to get fast and he just starts to sort of <laughs> blister up the top. And yet again it's James's riffs underneath that kind of make it exciting. You know, I I, I like that sort of interplay. And then there is that bit at the end as well where Kirk sort of offers up harmonized line and James's riffs sort of, you know, echo it underneath and it it's it's there because it's there. It's interesting really, Crano Barbed Wire occupies this kind of like you know, there's this liminal space in between the big sort of 72 seasons, you know, huge ones like, you know, your You Must Burns the 72 seasons itself. And then mm-hmm. it's slightly more compact. You know, it's not quite too far gone, but it's, you know, I mean, it's five minutes 50, which is ridiculous to say that it's a short song on this album, yeah. but it is. And as I always say, like for me, an album can be three hours and it can be till, still too short, you know, but I just feel like right. 72 seasons... This song less so than some of the other ones, but I feel like most of them could do a, li- a little pruning. I don't know how you feel about sure. that. Sure, yeah. This this one, I, I was actually amazed, um, you know, again, listening to it recently. I would, was listening to it in the car and, you know, my l- short little trips here and there. And I'm like, wow, I'm like, damn, the song's already over. You know? yeah. And I'm like, wait, there's got to be more. I'm like, oh, no, we're, we're on the last uh, chorus right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely agree that there's – I don't see any room for this particular song to be trimmed. There's there's no real fat on it. It's pretty much to the point. And no. maybe that's even sort of a little bit of the Black Album flavor coming in where it's, you sure. know, we stick with the riff and, you know, we build it around that and keep it short and simple and, you know, not where uh, obviously some of the other songs on this record, um, I think there's some some parts where it almost felt like, okay, this was a cool part that we couldn't really turn into a song. So we threw it into this song and, made it work which i think is great it's fine by me you know i don't think there's any i think the only song that i maybe maybe raise an eyebrow to is maybe chasing light but okay that's that's probably a discussion for another day <laughs> <laughs> well that's a discussion for another episode so yeah in next week but what you do you like the intro because even that divides people just head like what does he say there's no light. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, uh, and, and I think too. The the other thing I was thinking about this too. Um, again, going back to seeing this in the theater at the the listening party because I I refrained from downloading it. I didn't check it out. Yeah. You know, before it, the leak, the leak had come out. I think like the day before, and maybe maybe I did get it, but I didn't listen to it because I wanted to listen to it in the theater the the way it was intended to be, and that's both a good and bad thing because I have images associated now with the song. So it's like when I hear the song, I think of that sort of matrix E kind of video with the hand coming up and all that weird stuff and the gears and all that cool shit. But then same thing with chasing light. All I see is that, that sort of DOS, you know, Atari looking weird 
blinding light thing that will cause seizures, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, um, the song itself as well does have a music video attached, as they all do. And this is one of particular yeah. note. Because a lot of the videos, Bob, have been characterized as quite ugly. And, you know, I don't begrudge the band this because I know it's really hard to make 12 individual videos and put them into different artistic directions. Yeah. You can't just have, you know, the four boys in front of a green screen, every single one, you know. Um, this one does stand yeah. out. This kind of, like, horrorcore bit emoji sort of, like, you know, quite twisted uh, kind of avenue. I, I do appreciate it, at least for its boldness. Yeah, I, I agree with that. That's um that that works for me. Um the the thing that's that's weird about it is the the uh you're familiar with Twin Peaks? Oh yes, of course. Yeah, okay. I, I detect a little bit of Bob in, mm. in that guy with the yes. with the shaved head and you know, that weird look on his face and the, the the funny thing is like I was thinking about if this video was sh- was actually filmed with the band members I'm like how ridiculous it would look for Lars to you know come in and beat somebody up or stomp somebody like he does in the video I'm like yeah this is the only way it could be done is this sort of flash cartoon kind of vibe yeah yeah it is very sort of turn of the century sort of thing and yeah it does feel quite dated and yeah I mean uh, we, we always open it up to Twitter as well, and I'll just hop into these, just got a few yeah. here. But Nick McCoviak does say the, the video is a little questionable there. <laughs> uh, in terms of the song, Nick says, um, Crown of Barbed Wire, took a while for this to sink in with me. Definitely a rusted reflection of King Nothing, given the lyrics yeah. and musical Easter eggs, which I think is fair. That's a good um, point. Ralph also says, seems to me to be the little brother of King Nothing in terms of James's lyrics. James's gritty, raspy vocals really work well in the song too. He also does little things here and there vocally that he's never done before, once again on this album. Mostly rides that main, dirty, sludgy riff. And for the, almost the entire song, with the exception of that sick breakdown in the middle that leads into the solo, which one of Kirk's better moments, just a great tune overall. And Dr. Bass finally says, love it, stood out to me on the first couple of listens and has remained one of my favourites. Great riff. I mean, for, for me, yet again, Bobby, is James's vocals here throughout the album that are the real highlight. And I think, again, yeah, just to go on from what Ralph said, they are terrific here as well. And, oh, yeah. you know, the chorus works, but it's like, you know, all the members sound so healthy, I'll say as well, and so, so yeah. virile, if I may say. Like, you know, they, they just they sound young. And this is like a difficult music to play. This is a quick, quick adrenaline fuel fucking thing. So it's impressive. I'm happy to listen to it. Yeah, I, I agree 100% because, um, it, it, like you just said, I mean, they're they're pushing 60. I mean, Kirk is 60 now, and it they sound I, – I hate to say that this is the best that we're going to get from them now, but for guys that are pushing 60, this is a fantastic record. And James is definitely the, the star of the record with his vocals. I mean, he's doing stuff throughout the album that – it gives me goosebumps even just thinking about him right now, thinking about Enamorata. You know, it's like, yeah. oof, man alive. Or um, I think one of the tracks that's really standing out for me is Sleepwalk My Life Away. And also You Must Burn. Uh, again, because of some of the vocal things that he does in those songs that really I don't think he's done before. And he's pushed himself. And even Lars, the way he's playing, he's not trying to show off and be the center of the song. He's kind of you know servicing the song the way that he should and kind of hanging back there and not going completely bonkers and maybe that's a question of whether or not he can play that way anymore don't know um again he sounds fine to me I'm, yeah I, I mean i watched him play blackened in france the other day on, on youtube yeah. and i mean Lars was just yeah astonishingly good 
Yeah, he's 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 a great dude. I mean, definitely the, these last couple of years, um, you know, uh, when, when they were touring in 2021, I mean, he was slowing things down and kind of playing the way that, you know, something like Whiplash playing and mm-hmm. sort of at album speed. It was like, OK, cool. He's dialing it back. And, you know, I saw quite a few shows on on uh, in, in 2021 and it, just hearing him play that way. And it was just like, wow. All right. He's he's doing something. And it shows on this album. I think this album is is. I was a little disappointed that it wasn't number one, you right. know, that because I feel like this is, I personally feel this is a better record than Hardwired. Interesting. Yeah, because Hardwired to me felt, parts of it felt like this is Metallica doing this type of song. And here's Metallica doing a Black Sabbath song yeah. with Man on Kind. Or here's Metallica yeah. doing this type of song. And, you know, and, and it felt a little uh, not I don't know if cohesive is the right term, but this 72 seasons feels cohesive where it just feels everything goes together and it feels like a journey. Granted, some of the lyrical themes with the songs, I thought it was going to go in some sort of order, you know, like here's, you know, the, the 72 seasons obviously is the first song, but then, you know, would it, would it kind of between that and Inamorata with Inamorata sort of coming to the coming to the realization of here's my peace with my misery that I've been feeding off of for these 72 seasons of this music and this, this form of, of output, you know, I, I thought maybe there would be something in the songs in between would be in some sort of chronological order, which I'm fine with them not being, you know, but I think it's, I think I just, I just love this record straight through. Hmm. Any final thoughts on this song? Um, it, you know, like I said, I, I've, I've gotten a new appreciation for it after listening to it with a finer ear, um, where I think obviously we've got the singles, but I think also the first side or the first disc of, you know, the vinyl and stuff, it's like, we, we tend to focus on, you know, the, it's sort of front heavy. You know, you look at some of the, the, the older albums where you think of like load, for instance, the first seven songs pretty flawless and then yeah. the second side you know yeah. but I, f- I feel like this is this sort of falls into that but now i'm appreciating it more for sure so so what about uh, seeing them live i'm certain you must have some dates in the calendar oh yeah i'm going to chicago next year okay um i got i got confused when when the dates got announced because like a true metallica fan you know i just see the shiny stuff and i don't pay attention to the fine print and i'm like oh shit you know we're gonna be in chicago for you know this horror convention and this happens to be like the same day or whatever it is and i'm like how are we gonna make that work and then and then i was talking to uh you know my friends at uh in podcast for all and they're like oh yeah it's a shame you have to wait a year for for your show and i'm like oh 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 2024 (laughs) shit (laughs) you know and obviously i grew up in new jersey so i if i still lived in new jersey i would be going to the jersey show this year but oh well you know i'm I'm gonna have i'm I'm fine waiting for Chicago next year. Let the band sort of get the rust out and figure out how to oh, work yeah. the stage and get the songs sounding great and bring it on in Chicago. Oh, that, that is some, they're going to reclaim that rust. Don't worry about yeah, that. Absolutely. And Pantera and Mammoth. Soldier Field it is next year yeah. if, if people want to know as well. Are you going on the, the Pantera Day or the... Um, both days. Oh, both, both days. Of course you are. Yeah. Of course you are, yeah. But that, yeah, that's... I mean, yeah, I love Pantera, obviously, but Ma- Mammoth WVH... I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a huge Van Halen fan. So as yeah. soon as I knew that Wolfgang was bringing out an album, you know, and I've, I've, I've played that to death. That is a really solid record as well. So, um, no, that that's a that's a great set, man. That's a great set. So, 
As always, guys, uh, get in touch with me, metallicapolitgmail.com. If you want to come on the show, you want to discuss a song, uh, as I say, we'll be back next week to do Chasing Light. I'm sure Bob can't wait to hear our thoughts yeah. on that. And, uh, you know, and then we'll be back again for If Darkness Had a Sun. And we'll just, you know, we're going to keep going. We're going to tackle the whole album. So, uh, yeah, uh, Patreon is there as well. If you want to support, if you want to give back to the show, support us on Twitter as well. <laughs> support, you can follow us on Twitter as well. Uh, go back through and check out the episodes we did with Bob. They were fantastic. Again, spit out the bone, no leaf clover fixer and the load reload era exploration bob what about yourself is there anything to promote or um yeah i uh i as i just mentioned um in podcast for all i tend to pop up oh on nice one of the horse flies that they have okay <laughs> um i'm sort of an unofficial member of, of that show but i also uh started up my own or restarted my own podcast constriction pictures which um is mainly focused on horror movies but it's basically about movies that grip you that have grabbed a hold of you and constricted you and have stayed with you for your entire life. Um, I think I've got maybe six episodes in the can already on various platforms. Um, and then um, on Instagram, I've got a, a thing for that podcast. But then I also have um, Sweet Boa Horror VHS, which is basically going through my horror VHS collection and kind of putting that up one tape at a day. You know, <laughs> It's fun. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. So, yeah, definitely go check out that show, guys, and uh, go back through and listen to the old Alf Metallica. I've been your host, Tom, and Bob, thank you again, sir. Yeah, man, thank you. Cheers. <laughs>